so one of the silver linings from this past year has been the chance to talk to some pretty incredible people making a difference in our Colorado community. But the problem is I can't decide if these interviews really inspire me or just make me feel like I've accomplished almost next to nothing in my 50 years. But in my cup half full moments, I do remain inspired. So the idea with Good and Ground is, was really pretty simple. We focus on getting grounded in an issue or an opportunity in our community. And then we try and leave our listeners with an idea or two of what good they can do in our community. I'm Laura Love, founder of Ground Floor Media. And I'm Jim Licko, co-founder of the Denver-based digital marketing agency Center Table with Laura. Um, our guests today uh, don't ever think about what someone can't do. I think only what is possible. Um, Kim Easton is president and CEO of the National Sports Center for the Disabled, or NSCD, um, a pretty incredible resource in Colorado. We're also fortunate to be joined by someone who, like Laura, makes me feel uh, like I better get moving if I want to accomplish something with my life before before it's too late. Uh, Mike Murphy is a 12-time marathoner with top five finishes in both the New York and Boston marathons. He's a Tough Mudder adaptive athlete uh, finisher and is now a sit-ski racer pursuing his Paralympic dream for Team USA. Um, he and his wife, Casey, also have a new baby, Dylan, which was probably keeps him just as busy as his training regimen uh, <laughs> could, could, could ever hope to keep him. So, uh, Mike and Kim, thank you guys both for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having See, us. See, I told you, Jim, I would feel worse about myself with this. <laughs> right? <laughs> Seriously. Mike, Mike you, you just finished a book called When I Fell, and in it you share your journey of how life changed for you in less than two seconds when you were just 21 years old. Um, if you would, tell us a little about your, your story and what happened to you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'll try to keep it brief. Um, essentially, in 2007, I was 21 years old. Um, I had just uh, retired from playing football and baseball in college, and I was focusing on academics and plans to head into the Marine Corps. And one Saturday night, I, I was intoxicated, fell off a roof, landed flat on my back and severed my T9 uh, vertebrae and severed my spine and uh, left me a complete paraplegic. And uh, it has been one of the greatest um, blessings that I, I would never really ask for, but it's opened so many doors for me and it has afforded me so many opportunities um, one of which being is is skiing and racing with the National Sports Center for the Disabled. That's awesome. So Kim, that leads us to you. So 50, you guys just celebrated your 50th anniversary, right? Yes, we're in our 51st year. Can you believe it? What a legacy organization that is. That's crazy. So 50 years ago, as I read about you, gosh, years ago, um, probably a pretty wonderful man named Hal O'Leary um, started teaching young amputees to conquer the slips. Yeah, so um, the patients from the Children's Hospital that had experienced amputations, um, the, the team reached out to Winter Park Resort and said, hey, we'd like to show these kids that their life's not over, that they can still get out there and do all the same kind of things that everybody else loves to do in Colorado. Could you help us? And uh, Winter Park Resort reached out to Hal O'Leary, who was a ski instructor at that time, and said, what do you think? And Hal said, absolutely, we can do this. And that really has been the core credo of the National Sports Center from, for the Disabled since the beginning. And it really is that concept that everyone is able and anything is possible. You just have to remove the barriers and think about what, what, is, what is the possibility. 
Well, that's pretty amazing. So tell us a little bit for those that don't know about um, this pretty incredible organization. We obviously hear about Mike, but not everybody can be like Mike. So who else works with the program and who else do you serve? Yeah, so the NSCD is the largest, most comprehensive adaptive outdoor recreation organization in Colorado and really probably in the country. We were really the pioneers in this work. Um, and so although we started as a ski program, we actually offer over 20 different types of adaptive outdoor recreation sports from paddle sports, whitewater rafting, therapeutic horseback riding, obviously all of our ski and Nordic programs. We train Paralympic athletes, but we are really accessible for any athlete that wants to get out and enjoy the outdoors. Um, we all live in Colorado for a reason. We love it here. And we know that when we get outdoors and experience the mountains and the fresh air and the water, that it fills our hearts and our souls. So it's, it's bigger than just the physical uh, ability that we bring to people, but really that accessibility to to nature and to sport. Well, I have to just personally say thank you. I um, as a mom, because my son Jackson was was a participant for three years with your program through Havern School. So um, I actually got to witness it firsthand, and I can just tell you, you know, I think people think of this as physical disabilities and Jackson has some learning disabilities and sensory processing disorder and Havern was a godsend. But one of the favorite things when I ask him, now he's 12, he's a really big kid and he's in sixth grade. So he's very mature and he's left Havern. But one of the favorite things about Havern was his ability and his chance to learn to ski. He said, mom, I almost got private lessons. And just the confidence you gave him, I just wanted to personally and publicly thank you for that. Well, you know, I think that's what's so beautiful about the National Sports Center for the Disabled and why every day I get up and I feel like, wow, how did I get so lucky to be able to, to lead this kind of organization? Because we really are available for anyone with really any type of disability, almost any age from five to 105. Um, and, and like you said, it really, um, the sport is an access point to those bigger goals, like life skills, confidence, self-assurance, excitement, courage, you know, just taking on the world. And I think that really ties to Mike's experience, you know, someone who was a, you know, a, a thriving athlete who experienced an accident. Um, to be able to reconnect and, and know that that part of them, that courage, that power is still what they're about. And there are ways to get out there and do it. Mike, Mike tell, tell us a little bit about that. I'm curious because you, you said right off the bat, like that was that accident was one of the best things that ever happened to you. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but but how did you get to that point? What was the what was the tipping point to make you say, "Hey, I, there's more out of life, and there's things that I can do that are super fulfilling, and that I, where I can thrive with my life." Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I had grow I, I grew up was in playing sports uh, in an athletic family all my life, and. Uh, and after my accident, I didn't want to stop being an athlete. Um, so I quickly looked up and got into the world of adaptive sports. Um, and I essentially, I tried to sample everything early on. This is in 2000, accident in 2007. So in 2008, 9, 10, I'm really trying to sample a lot of sports and really seeing what's out there, uh, the different communities um, for people newly injured. Um, I actually got my first hand cycle at Walter Reed Medical Center, Army Medical Center. Um, and it just, and I've ever since then, I've, I've been around 
disabled veterans um, and that community combined with the skiing community that I've, I've come into uh, in Winter Park and in, and in Denver. Um, it, it's such an amazing part of being with a, a program like the National Sports Center for the Disabled and seeing what the different possibilities are and the different doors that can be open. Uh, and once I got into sports and really competitive, it, it made me realize you know, I have more of a purpose than just sitting around and feeling sorry for myself type of thing. And it became a blessing over time. Um, but just being with the community and just trying all the different sports, uh, it, it's, it's, it's been life changing. This question might be for both of you, or I'd love to get both of your takes on this, because um, as I was kind of doing background research on both of you, the organization and, and you know, Mike, your story and all those things, um, the first thing that came into my head was the sit skiing image. And, and I remember a couple of years ago seeing Trevor Kennison doing the Corvitz Couleur jump on a sit ski and was just like mind blown, like, oh my God, that's amazing. Can you both talk a little bit about how important it is for people to see that imagery and to see, like to maybe spark the idea that, hey, I can do this. You, you hit the nail on the head. So our, our new tagline hashtag is rethinkability. And mm. those two simple words um, seem um, small, but they mean so much because in some cases it may be about an athlete, an individual living with a disability, rethinking their own ability and what they can get out there and do and conquer and experience. But sometimes it's about their parents or their caregiver rethinking what ability means and um, letting them get out there and try something new. Because it's scary as a parent or as a caregiver, uh, you know, to send your child or your loved one out on a ski slope or down the Colorado River on a on a whitewater raft. Right. You know, you have to let go too. But it's also about the power that we bring to the community to rethink ability. I, I love I love this new tagline, re rethinkability, and it just it, it makes me think about a, a part of the story in my my book that I wrote, and then. What happens after trauma, after somebody experiences a life-altering accident? One of the most important things, and in my book, one of the things it does is helps teach survivors how to bounce back from setbacks and to deal with, deal with your trauma. And one sort of interesting thread that I incorporate is a new psychological phenomenon that I only recently heard about a couple years ago, but that I've been living with for the past 10 years, and it's called post-traumatic growth, PTG for short. Um, but essentially it's positive personal transformation that can occur in the aftermath of trauma. And one thing that elicits post-traumatic growth is being open to new things and trying new things. And, it's, and, and that's so important, especially after somebody has a spinal cord injury, you need to rewrite your narrative. You can't go back essentially to your old life. You have to go forward so you have to essentially rethink your ability. And because we're living in a time where people with disabilities have never been more in the mainstream, have never been more accepted than they are today, seeing people like Trevor bomb off that cornice, it inspires new people to try new things. It might inspire that one person who was just down in the dumps, they're having a really low, dark times. They see this, they're like, you know what? I'm gonna try it. Yeah, that's amazing. One of our clients is is actually Craig Hospital, and so 
we see a lot of these spinal cord injuries, traumatic brain injuries and things like that. Um, and I love following them on Instagram specifically because they have so many of these inspirational stories that Kim, to your point, I see people at Breck, you know, in their adaptive ski program, and it's like super inspiring to see somebody, you know, and they might fall, but they get up, you know, they're having fun. It might be hard, but you know, they're out there and they're living their life. And that's just, you know, amazing. I think it goes back to what you guys are saying with just rethinkability. I love that. I love that tagline. That's so good. So I have to ask him just as a leader in this nonprofit community and our community, obviously you weren't anticipating the pandemic to hit in the middle of ski season last year. So take us back to last March and obviously everything shut down right in the middle of ski season. Yeah, um, I can't say there's really anything in my past nonprofit leadership or other leadership uh, that prepared me for dealing with that. Um, you know, I think it was the amount of unknowns and how quickly it all came uh, to be an issue. But the NSCD is about rethinking things and adapting. So we're really about creating connection for people. And Mike was talking about that when, when he was going through his recovery and, and healing is that when you bring people together that have a shared experience, it's very powerful. So our biggest concern was that by not being able to run programs, our individuals, participants, were going to feel disconnected. Uh, and they, they already live a pretty isolated life often. And so we did try to very quickly figure out a way to provide some programming. You know, I think we're all kind of zoomed out and tired of doing things virtually, but it, it still is a community and they still were able to connect that way. Um, our other big challenge was our, our fundraising events. It was our 50th anniversary, so we had a very large gala event planned in the fall. Uh, we had several other events throughout the year that were planned, and so we had to get very creative um, to shift to some virtual options. And um, we did a online 50th birthday celebration instead, and you know, got a bunch of our 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 past athletes and past supporters and Halleliri and and did a big celebration, but. Um, definitely it's, it's been, it's been a year. It's been a year. <laughs> right. Um, well, we, we like to end each one of these podcasts with just a, a, a call to action for anybody who might be listening. Um, so, um, if somebody wants to get involved with the mission of the organization, um, if somebody wants to donate, if somebody wants to volunteer, what are the easiest things they can do? How do they get involved? Um, what can people take away from this conversation? So for the NSCD, there's, um, lots of different ways, but I'll warn you in advance that once you get connected with the NSCD, you become part of our family and you get hooked because this is powerful work. So I'll give you that caveat. Um, our volunteer program is the heart and soul of what we do. We have over a thousand volunteers every year that get involved to become trained to be uh, adaptive instructors in all of our various different sports, whether it's down here in the Denver metro area or in Winter Park. Um, so when we get on the other side of COVID, I'd invite people to get involved as volunteers, or you can just make a donation. Right now, every dollar makes a big difference. Um, it's, it's a challenging fundraising time and nonprofits are struggling and uh, we're right there with them. Um, and then lastly, I would say, challenge yourself to rethinkability. And um, think about the people in your life that might benefit from a program like NSCD and let them know that it happens. The last thing we want to be is the best kept secret. So 
please share the story with others because I guarantee you, you either have someone directly in your family or in your very, very small immediate circle of friends and family that are living with a disability that could take advantage of what we do and change their life. I love that. Thank you. So Mike, I can tell you, I'm never going to train with you. I'll sit and watch you. Oh, come on. But if somebody, I'm sure there's so many people that want to read your book, where should they go to learn more about you? Yeah, you can go to my website, michaelmurphyspeaks.com. Um, on Instagram, I'm at, at murphyspeaks. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Michael Murphy. And uh, the book, uh, When I Fell, How I Rerouted My Life and Found Strength in a Severed Spine, is out April 13th. You can actually get it on Kindle on Amazon at the moment, but the paperback is out April 13th. And um, yeah, just uh, just real quick to piggyback on what uh, Kim said, if there's somebody out there, whether you have a disability or not, and there's something you've been wanting to do or, or thinking about doing, and it might seem daunting, one thing I like to do when I have a task that seems daunting, what's the first step? What's the first thing I have to do? Go to nscd.org. What's the second step? Who do I have to talk to? Just, just start by doing the first thing and it'll get you to that bigger thing and it might be skiing with us. Well, Mike, congratulations on the book. I didn't, I, I, I thought it was already out. That's exciting to know that it's still on the horizon and probably something for you that you're very much looking forward to. So congrats, Kim, thank you so much for joining us, um, for, for sharing the story of NSCD. Um, go to nscd.org, everybody out there to check it out and see what you can do to help out. Uh, and in the meantime, we certainly appreciate both of your time on the, on the podcast today. Thank you. Thanks you guys. I do like to leave every episode with one cool thing, one positive note, um, and I think in line with everything we just talked about, um, my one positive note is virtual workout regimens or virtual workout friends. I've got friends who started a calendar um, and we're all doing it virtually and it doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's more of like five people are trying to lose some weight, two people are just trying to do yoga every day and we're all keeping ourselves accountable. So I love the concept of uh, make the best out of it, try to stay healthy, try to keep moving in the middle of a pandemic and that's my, that's my one cool thing. So if you like what you heard, be sure to listen to us, look us up on goodandgrounded.com, find us on iTunes Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your podcasts, goodandgrounded.com. Let's get out there and do some good in our communities.